What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? What's up? And welcome back to another episode of Hold On to Your Edges. Yes, it's a weekly podcast between me, Angel Lakita Moore, also known as That Chick Angel, and my homie, my sister, my friend. Ow. Break the web. <laughs> I was like, where do I come in in this? I was like, yeah. Yeah, you got uh, Hold On To Your Edges weekly podcast where me and yeah. Marisha just have a good time talking to each other, talking to you all, our audience, my angel wings, my Patreon, oh, and we sometimes have some oh, of the wow. dopest guests, and today is no exception. We have someone that I am so excited to so have. Excited. She's such a gift. A good was her was us into her very busy schedule. So um we're gonna jump into our uh song of the day. We got suggestions from my Patreon people, my Angel Wings, and um Risha is going to be starting off this improvised song. Um uh, I have no idea uh what Brisha's style is gonna be, but we'll bring in our guest when it's her turn to pull out her vocals. Gotcha. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. I go all out today to tell you something that I really gotta say. I wanna tell you something right now, cause it's gonna get it, gone, gone, get it plain. It's good, sometimes it's sour. Sometimes it gets me in the shower. Wanna tell you one more thing about my thing. It's so sacred to me. It's sacred pain. Sacred pain gets me all clean. Gets me all wonderful. Sacred pain gets me wonderful. Gets me on my toes. Gets me in my back roll. Makes my secret pain. Sacred pain. Sacred pain. Whoa, sacred pain gets me feeling good. Sacred pain, sometimes I pray on it in the hood. Sacred pain is so righteous. Sacred pain is so pious. Sacred pain, you know what I mean? It's clean, clean, clean. Sacred pain. Making oh, oh wow 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 sacred pain sacred pain if you know what I mean wow 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 sacred pain I need my husband's pain I can't yeah. do that honestly Loki anyway <laughs> that was great sacred pain I was like what am I saying I just gotta get to this rock part and the sacred pain. You know, sometimes you got to wait till the words come to you. Yeah. But I mean, Megan jumped in like a pro. Ready. <laughs> Ready. I tried. I did that for you, Megan, because we're rock sisters. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> Everybody, please give a warm welcome to our very special guest, Miss Megan. Good. Yay, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Megan has been working as an actress since she was a fetus, and she's, she only looks 18 now. So, <laughs> been a fetus, a fetus. We saw her born. Yes. You know, we, we saw her birth. 
And yeah. now she's just a teenager. And yeah. And as everybody is saying in the comments, your skin was your skin <laughs> glowing. What Thank is going you. on? How is that happening? It's it's mom and dad and I just really try to take care of it and, you know, get that rest, catch some Z's, wine and water, uh, and a good <laughs> eye cream. <laughs> I, you know, I washed my face this morning because I got a new, uh, I got some new products today oh. that finally came in. I used Tracy, uh, Tracy, what's her name? Ooh. I'm going to find it. But okay. I used all of her stuff and I washed my face and I was like, Maybe this time I'll be like making good. Like that was literally my thought. I was like, I feel it. I feel like it's coming together. Shut I, I remember this is the honest ah. I did not he's singing the he song. Said, I wild. remember. He's like, wow, wow, wow. I'm like, you don't need to get. I remember when I was getting ready for my acting school showcase from grad school. And we had to get like buy makeup so we could do our makeup. And every makeup counter I went to, I was like, I need the making good from Roll Bounce, Dewey skin. <laughs> Dead serious. I was taking screenshots. I was like, you see what a skin looks like? And this right here, I need for my makeup to look. It looks like you could swim in her skin. It looks so moist and just beautiful and dewy. And instead, I was like, I look so greasy. I had so much shimmer. Trying to create new. <laughs> it happens. It bees like that. It bees like that. And that is okay. And listen, it would make up this all trial and error because we have been so, so many different roads with these eyebrows. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So <laughs> you like, we've been here. Well, um, we love to start our episodes off when we get into the topics with an edge snatchable moment, something that in the media, whether it be Black Twitter, Instagram, that had us just like, whoop was not expecting that mm. and i feel like there's been a lot of things going Ooh. on a lot uh, of edges yes. a lot of edges have been pulled out this week Ooh. see i have i'm using every ounce of edge control just Listen. to put down my edges this week you see i got my head wrap on because they, they were really trying to get my edges okay mm -hmm. this week so where should we start Risha? What do we oh, I feel that we could just start with the big elephant in the room that has to go over West. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk about Brother Kanye. Go ahead. Tell me your thoughts on it. You know, bipolar is a disease. And start there first. You know, I feel like a lot of people of color specifically need to have patience and need to have a little room in their heart for people with mental and emotional disorders. Mm -hmm. And we just need to give him a little bit of a, a pass. Sometimes now this has been the fourth big outbreak uh, or more that we've seen from Kanye. Uh, my, my heart just goes out to him and his family, his daughter, especially he was saying some really crazy things during his presidential, um, you know, speech. speech that he had saying about Harriet Tubman, that she just freed the slaves just to have them work for white people. Um, it's just a lot that he's going on. So I'm happy that Kim Kardashian released something because it was getting crazy. People are starting to make jokes. And I just feel like there's a time and a place, but I was happy to see that Dave Chappelle went down there and saw his friend and, you know, and Kanye needs help. 
-hmm. And however, the best way that this amazing man of God can get help will be the best way, but it's not with us attacking him and pulling him down and starting memes. And, you know, and I tell some of my comedian friends, like enough is enough. Like I thought it was hilarious, you know, at first. And I said, Brisha, I had to check myself. Right. I had to check myself. I was like, you know what? This man needs help. He needs his wife. He needs people around him that love him, that know him, and that can give him the proper help that he needs. And he's going to have to take some responsibility as well. He's going to have to take all the responsibility. He's a grown, like... He's a grown woman. I mean, he's a grown man, Jesus. He's a grown man. You can't you can't force somebody to take the medication. Right. And this is why right. I appreciated Kim's statement because a lot of people were pointing the finger at him. They're like, somebody needs to get him. Can't nobody get him. Uh, 40 something grown man to do anything that a 40 something doesn't want to do, regardless of his mental the way mental health works, unless you are an actual danger to yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, as far as are you going to be able to live another day if somebody does not reel you in? There is nothing a person can do to force Kanye or anybody else who is of age that has. The, um, has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And um, please know that, like, we're not calling him bipolar based off of, like, uh, you know, when people are like, oh, you bipolar. But, no, we're basing it off of him stating that that is his diagnosis. So I don't mm. want anybody to think that um, trying to diagnose him because ain't nobody on here professional. Mm -hmm. um, and he is not our client. He is not and our client. Um, but I would like to say that I really liked what Kim said. And she basically said why she had been silent because um, she was, she knows the spotlight is already on him and how they're dealing with it and how they're trying to deal with it is something that she wanted to keep private. She also made it very much so known that like that she cannot do anything to make him do something that he doesn't want him to, that he doesn't want to do. Right. I think a lot of times in this society, the people are quick to be like, where, where's the wife? I can tell you now, my husband has no diagnosis, but I can't make him do something that he does not plan on doing. Right. Not man, if he doesn't want to do it, he's not, I can beg and plead, but if he's like, I am not doing it, he's not going to do it. So it was basically just getting people to understand that it's not as if she just doesn't care it's not as if she's not also aware of what's going on. She's very much so aware, but how they're trying to handle it is nobody's business. Right. And she's for, um, you know, as much privacy as they possibly can have as people that are in the limelight. Cause it's gotta be, I can only imagine the things that I've gone through in life that have been hard. I've had the privilege of having those happen to me in private. Right. I didn't have eyes on me. I didn't have people making fun of me. I didn't have people having full-blown conversations about me on their podcast. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have any of this. And it was still hard. In private, it was hard. So to imagine having to go through this, not to excuse any of the things he said, not to even excuse his behavior, but I do take in account, this is hard for any. This will be hard for anybody. I don't care what we think or what we can say from the sidelines. This is difficult. This so, is difficult. Yeah. And my heart, and you know what? It's actually given me, you know, 
as much as I say crazy stuff all the time and I make jokes about the Kardashians, it's really opened my heart a lot more to Kim. And just yeah. like, and seeing, I feel like I've seen a, sl a real slice of who she is. You know, yeah. that's, I was thinking about that this morning after reading her response and saying, wow, like you get married to this man who's brilliant, treats you right, you know, you're, you're in love with him. And then down the line, you figure out that he's unstable. Mm -hmm. um, you don't, no one really signs up for that. And she's been able, and what I've seen, you know, it's not like she's, she's been able to love him through it and she's continuing to love him through it. Yeah. Um, even through the things that he said, it could be even messier if she was going back and forth and was more combative, but she's stood her ground. And I was like, wow, I, I have a lot of respect for her. Um, more than um, I did yesterday. I would let, me, let me address something, Megan. I would love to hear what you have to say. Uh, Erica had put as his wife, Kim can go to the courts and petition for him to be committed. You can't get somebody committed if they're not a danger to themselves. This is what I know from family. Mm -hmm. Kanye saying crazy things does not mean that he is suicidal, that he's attempted suicide. Those are the things that get someone committed. If he's not actually putting people in danger, he has every right as a citizen, as a human being, and as an adult to have crazy Twitter rants, to have- yeah. uh, he run for president. Yeah, he can run for president. He can have campaign meetings where he talks about Harriet Tubman. None of those things will the court allow to be the reason to take away this man's freedom, which, I mean, we all would be, we all like, somebody needs to keep him from himself. He's the only person that literally can say, okay, I want help and I need help now. And if he doesn't say that, ain't nothing nobody can do. But uh, Megan, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that we, need to have grace, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that I have at least four people in my life that I've known intricately that have bipolar. And mm -hmm. my first two friends that I met that both had it at the same time, I was about 19 or 20. I had never even heard of bipolar. I didn't even know what that was or what that meant. But what I watched transpire um, from that moment, that night to well, over the years, um, the way that I've become familiar with it, like when Britney Spears had her breakdown before she was ever diagnosed with bipolar, I knew immediately, I was like, oh, she has bipolar. Cause I literally watched that same exact behavior take place like repeatedly. And uh -huh. you don't really have control over yourself and more right. than you don't have control over yourself. I guarantee you, nobody can control you yep. because mm -hmm. of the, the type of behavior that I've seen is not even really a personality thing. It's like a behavior thing. When someone who has that disorder is dead set on doing something, you need to either <laughs> get out of their way because you're going to get run down or just, you know, at the end of the day, pray for them because you, all you can do is what you can do. But at a certain point, you know, as we've been all been saying, you can't control any human being that doesn't have a disorder. You just can't. So yeah. how much more for someone who is dead set on doing what it is they feel in their mind that, that, that they not only want to do, they need to do in their mind, you know? And so I just think that we have to 
have more grace for sure. I mean, a lot of the stuff that he was saying was reckless, but if you listen to a lot of part of it, it's just like, Oh God, don't say that. And the other is like, okay, you're actually making sense with the way that you're, the way that you're delivering this information and the fact that there's no point on the end of it or the beginning of it, but that this happens to actually be make sense or it may be true for you or whatever it is. It's just so jumbled up. It's like, at the end of the day, you know, I just pray for him. The first thing that came to my spirit, though, was because we already knew that he had bipolar. And I'm like, this is a moment. This is an episode. He'll come out of this. He may regret it. He may not. He'll be fine, you know, for a season. Hopefully that season will last. But there's always potential that this something like this can happen again because it is a reoccurring thing that goes up and down. You'll be good for a whole year, two years, three months. And then you just have these episodes that are manic, extremely up and extremely down. Um, my first thought was like, I felt so bad for Kim because, yeah. you know, I, I, I was just watching the other day, that thing that she, a TV show she was doing where she's working on trying to get innocent people out of jail. Mm -hmm. And the little bit that I do know her and some of the things that she does that are not wi widely reported and not widely talked about, you know, when she said that she wanted to go for the bar, like everyone's like, Oh God, you know, but I'm like, no, oh, she's trying. She's trying. Like, she's trying to do something good. You know, she's trying to put something good into the world. It's not about how you start. It's about, you know, and, I, and not that we even have the right to judge how anyone starts. It's about who are you and what are you trying to put into the world? And she's, it's from my perspective, seems like she's really trying. So my heart just went out to her because as Bricia said, it appears that she's loving him through it. And it appears that she's doing the best that she can do. And what, you know, again, as you said, Angel, what, what would we do if we were in that situation where it was public, you know? So I just think we have to have a lot more grace. I do too. And just as I just feel like her putting her whole life on television for so long, you know, I feel like this is a real, real, like I identify to this yeah. out of everything out of the show. I can identify with this type of pain, this type of confusion, this type of embarrassment. And that makes me go, wow, I respect you, Kim. And my heart goes out to you and your family and how you're raising your children right now and trying to explain to them what's going on with their father. That is the real person that I'm happy. Well, I'm not happy at all, but I'm just like, all I can do is just pray and yeah. just know that they're going through something. Well, you're lifting up their family, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, to what you were saying, this is like, because we have watched him on TV for so long and we know some things are doctored up for the salaciousness of TV. So it's hard to sometimes to connect to that. He's just like, you really putting that? You putting that on TV? And this is a moment you can kind of tell. They don't want this. They don't want this. This is, there's some things for TV. There's some things that are not. This yeah. is not. You, you can tell they're just like this. If all the cell phones could just cut off right now, mm. we could because this is typically they are ready for it. They they have a statement ready. They are able to spend things. And this is one of the first moments that you can see. I feel like that I have been able to see that there is no spend. There is no let's monetize off of this. It's like, y'all, listen, we trying to figure this out. Mm -hmm. We have no solution. Just pray for us. Yeah, and so, people will be able to see themselves through this situation. And hopefully as a community and as a people, we can really have a heart. Um, for mental, you know, illnesses, for people to really start seeing, getting the stigma out of there, mm -hmm. you know, because they're on such a public platform, it could happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. And also how yeah. it affects their loved ones, you know, yeah, them, but also their families. You mm -hmm. know? Oh, 
actually, we I have uh, a couple of close family members that have uh, been diagnosed with different mental illnesses that have been committed to hospitals because they were an actual danger to themselves. Yeah. It is very, um, you do, you feel very helpless because there is nothing. And I'm talking about people who weren't even adults. Like, and we still have a, we, uh, some of those, the younger kids in my family that have grown up, we're still like, kind of like on pins and needles of just like, we just pray things stay good because, yeah. you know, Damn time. It, like, exactly. You just never know what's um, going to happen. I was actually just recently watching. There is a in, there's an influencer that I really enjoy. He's a father. His name is, um, oh, it just LaGuardia Cross. There we go. He makes, <laughs> I was like, what is his name? He makes some really funny videos. He has two really young daughters, like a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And he had recently uh, released a video and it said, my wife is my wife is not here. And usually his videos are very funny. And I was like, this title don't sound fun. And he was very transparent that his wife who suffers from um, depression, they had to they had to send her to a um, mental facility, like a medical facility for 30 days to help her out because she's been very depressed for a very long time. Mm -hmm. She had medication that was working. And then after she had her kids, her hormones shifted. And so the medication is no longer working. And just even, you know, and for him, he was just like, I just want to be transparent about what's going on because you all won't be seeing her in a lot of my content. But even, even like with that, you could see, even though they have her somewhere, you could see if there was, he had some hope, but you could also kind of hear a little bit of the despair of we're just praying this hopes. We, I mean, this works. Excuse me. We're just praying this works. We have no idea at the end of the day what is going to work to get this person, his wife, mm -hmm. on the right foot. So, you know, prayers to anybody dealing with a loved one or a friend that is dealing with mental issues, not just Kanye and Kim. I think he's only topic because he is potentially affecting a very big election that nobody wants to see go a certain way. Okay. Yeah. But prayers to anybody that is dealing with uh, that. Now, uh, my hold on uh, to your edges moment, and I, I see now. Now I feel like I want to change it. Megan, do you have one? Because I'm I'm trying to think of one that'll pull us up out of this. Well, you know, I just before we go, everyone's already saying that we need to mention Tamar as well. And Tamar, we were going to talk about her last week um, because it was fresh, but also with Tamar, that was a big yeah. blow. None of them are they're equal. Yeah. Okay, illnesses across the board. Holdable moment, but I was like, maybe I want to pull us up out of this a little bit. But yes, praise God that Tamar Amen. is the mend and that she uh, wasn't able to do the damage that I think she had wanted to do to herself initially. Mm -hmm. um, it is sad to get to to feel that at the bottom that you the only way out that you see is death. Um. And that's just sad. I mean, there ain't no way around it. That's just sad to be a black woman and feel as though that you don't have any way out but out. Yes. So, and yes. also because you don't typically look at Tamar as a person that would commit, that would want to commit suicide. She's always up. She's always, you know, promoting something or always singing in her videos. It's, it's not something that I would look at and say it, it kind of snatched my edges when I saw that she was even admitted and that she was in the hospital with pills. Like she's always glorifying God and all of that. But all of that to say, 
check on your strong friends. Yes. You know, check on your friends that have it together. You think you don't know nothing. You yeah. know, we're that in is. a horrible time right now in our country, in our world, going through this pandemic, going through so many emotional things that we are seeing on television consistently, online, in our families. We're not working. There's so many yeah. things that are happening and coming, coming at us so fast. So this just showed me that I need to check on my friends that I don't necessarily look at as a person that would need any type of let me help you lift you up. Let me check on you because I'm always thinking that they're checking on me. But we all need the same care, the same love, the yeah. same checking in. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a... Uh edge snatchable moment maybe i was i was uh just president trump just i can't i just you can't. president you so sweet i mean i don't even know what to say 45 that nigga 45 just <laughs> cheeto i mean let me stop because I, I don't be lit look i know everybody I'm even the people that i can't stand but just the interview the other day i just couldn't uh -huh. take it i'm like we're talking about black lives and you bust out with, oh, but, it, but a lot of white lives are being, white lives are being murdered as well. I'm just like, everything that he said, everything that, that, that was brought up, literally his rebuttal had barely anything to do with what was actually asked. And then it was like basically spinning it into something that he wanted to talk about. And the mm -hmm. stuff that he was saying was like, I mean, just every time it's just always, it's like, but these are not facts. Like these are legit, not facts. Like what's right. happening right now. And like, it's just crazy to me that the entire, that we're watching this, like that yeah. we're on their apprentice, like yeah. America. I mean, that, that we can't even get into other countries because we're the diseased ones. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. So there was a and whole lot of still up in the polls, too. Oh, yes. Or agents. He's still yes. up in the polls. So we still have a lot of work to do. We do. Uh, a lot of uncomfortable conversations that we need to have with our cousins, cousins mm -hmm. uh, that don't believe in voting. We're going to have to drag their asses to the polls. I mean, make them push that button for Democratic. We have to get out of this. And I, I also didn't even realize that there was another independent person um, that was running another person of color, a woman, um, black woman who's running in the independent realm for. Really? Yeah. Um, there. Mm -mm. What? <laughs> this is what happens. This is this. Is why I'm like, oh, no, I didn't know this. Because a lot of times black people vote liberal, not to say we don't have black people that vote conservative, because we do. We have a lot of black people that actually identify as Republican. Yeah. The things that don't really identify with well, not all skin folk are skin folk. Right. Mm -hmm. But because um we're dealing with trying to get a oh my god, he's about to break my laptop, trying to get a more liberal president into office. If we, as a people of right. color, just black people, see another option, but see, we don't make up enough of the population. That's what right. I, we only uh, between eleven and thirteen percent. We gonna mess ourselves up. We Try gonna to vote for her and then vote her yes. and Biden go lose. Oh my gosh! Yes, I'm hot Cheetos. About her, I'm like, get her up out of there. Get her on somebody else's ticket. Don't do it, lady. We I, love you, girl. That's what, what I said. Right? I was watching. Oh, it. I was yes. like, okay, girl. She doesn't have any. I, I'm trying to look up her name because I saw an interview that she was doing on The Breakfast Club. And she said, this has been our biggest, uh, our biggest platform, our biggest place that we've been able to have an interview. The Breakfast Club has been? The 
breakfast club was the biggest wow. that she had been. And so she said she had no political, you know, experience. Uh, she was, I, I just was like, ma'am. right though, because you never know you when we come out the woodworks. But we gonna we, prep her, we gonna We gonna prep her. I was like, maybe not this year. Maybe not this year. Right. I want her to we just need Trump somewhere and then govern us somewhere. Let's get that rain, that name recognition in a state. And then right. go big dog. That's that's what yeah. I, I you ain't governed, you ain't governed nothing. You can govern or senate or a house of representatives. You know, the White House is about relationship. <laughs> what what is relationships it now? do you have? Who you know? You know what anybody the money? Um, my international, my international moment is not from the headlines. I realize now what I'm going to talk about to so just bring us up out of the, the gloom of come on, girl. My baby is turning one. <laughs> yes, he is. When? Like I'm coming out of all like I, <clears throat> I was saying, I think I talked about this on my other podcast. I remember crying when I left the hospital this last time because I realized I am leaving a phase in my life that I will never go back to, which is become like being a new mom, having a baby, like I'm done having kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is, I did not know that moving out of that transition in life would feel a little bit like a death. Like it felt mm -hmm. like, oh, this is it. This is, there's no more. Like when I finish breastfeeding him, I will breastfeed no more children. This is it. So like knowing that like there is a finality, it's almost like when, you graduate from high school and you cry because you're like, oh, I'm leaving my friends. I'm going to go off to college or what have you. Or It's just knowing that this phase in my life is slowly coming to an end. It's snatching my edges. What's the switch? I mean, they're growing back from where he snatched them while I was pregnant. But still, <laughs> I can't believe my baby is turning one. It just feels like this shot by. Like, I just brought him home the other day. That's okay, because somebody gonna knock me up and you're gonna be right here. Oh, <laughs> yes, and I'm a good auntie. I can't wait. I'll be right here. I'll be like, Angel, I don't know how to move. I'll be like, give me baby. Give me baby. <laughs> give me baby. Give me baby. You go here. You and make go out. Have a good time. Give me baby. I won't. And baby. I'm gonna wait until Omar is just at that age when he, he don't want you to touch him. Yeah. Like, All right, mom, bye. Like twins. The twins be like, okay, mom, yep. All right. <laughs> And I'll be like, that's all right. I got Auntie Bree's baby. This is my baby. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's snatching my edges right now. I'm trying to get his birthday together. I'm doing a Lion King theme. So it should when be is it? It's on his birthday is on Wednesday. Um, and I'm getting all the pieces together for his let me just I, You got a little lion. It's no, it's we doing a little more like like all the decorations will be kind of a lion. I mean, will be like Lion King ish, but let me just show you. If you're listening, I apologize that you can't see it, but if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. No, I, I meant you got a Leo. You got a little lion. Yes, I got a Leo. Yeah, I got a Leo. Yeah. Megan's a Leo. A Leo. When's your birthday? August eighth. Oh, oh, little shorts. Oh, yes. the Lion, Lion King. That's all going with the thing. I just. It's too hot for the whole thing. He just gave him a headband of hair. You know, he got red hair. He already kind of like British on here. So he already looking like a lion halfway. Oh, yes. Snatching my edges, but in a good way. 
Um, I'm glad my baby's growing up. But still, it's, it's so much. It's so much. Well, guys, we can't wait to jump into this topic with our guest. Um, uh, we, Amar you know, Landlord Tanksley. That's I call him a slumlord. My baby. Yes, he is. He is a slumlord. So Megan Good's credits are longer than her legs, and her legs are long. Okay. <laughs> working that was for clever. a minute, and at some point in time, when would you say in your career that you noticed that, like, you, a lot of your roles were like the ingenue or like the the the, the sex symbol, the desired one? Um, that started happening when I was about twenty one, uh -huh. um, because. Because I was a child actor, um, you know, when I was like 19, I was still playing like 14 or like, like when I did Roll Balance, I turned 23 on that set and Bow Wow was 16 and I was playing 16. Um, wow. So I was like in that weird kind of like trying to show like I'm an adult, but like I still look like a kid, but like how do I make that transition? And uh, the biggest transi transi transition was, um, <laughs> The 21 Questions music video. Um, it was a oh. conscious choice where I was like, okay, this is the biggest rapper right now. You know, if I play his wife in this video, then people will look at me like I'm a little bit older and, you know, I'll just be really sexy and I'll just like show people like, you know, I'm grown. Like this is a grown man. So I'll just like, you know, and so I really intentionally did that music video as like a national commercial to try to say like, no, I'm grown. And uh -huh. it worked. Um, the problem is, is that by the time I was like 26, you know, people just kept wanting to put me in that box. And when wow. I would want to go for like more serious stuff, I mean, I did serious stuff in between, but it was harder to get at that stuff because when I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'd really love to come in for this. Yeah. I don't think we're right for you. This is right for you. But the love interest, you know, and that wow. was always kind of the thing. So I kind of broke out of one box to go into another that I enjoyed for a season, but then like trying to get out of that one took you know, forever. Um, but uh -huh. it's been, you know, it's been good. All the seasons have been good and, and random and interesting. Yeah, I really love that show you were on with Laz when you were like- Deception. And, oh, that was such a good show with the family and they were juicy and <laughs> such a good show. I that loved was it. Like, that was another example of the same thing where um, Terrence Howard told me when I was about I think I told you this the other day. Yes, uh, perfect. The, uh, like he literally told me, he was like, you know, he was coming off that show Sparks. And at the time I was, I think 16. And he said, um, what are you doing right now? I said, I'm on this Nickelodeon show. He said, when you finish this show, do not do another show until you are married or have children. And I was like, why are you saying that? He was like, you need to travel the world. You need to play different characters. You need to do different things. You need to never know what you're gonna do next and stretch yourself. He was like, do that for me because, you know, you, you will be happy in the long run. So I was like, well, I don't feel trapped. Lo and behold, get into season three of Cousin Skeeter. And I'm like, I do feel trapped. And mm. there's nothing I can do. I am in a contract and I have to be in this show and in this contract until whenever they say that I'm released. So when mm. I finished that show at 19, um, I jumped on to one more show for a minute because it was the writer's, uh, the writer's um, strike. strike. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up leaving that show to go film Deliver Us From Eva. Actually, I asked permission, could I go deliver, do Deliver Us From Eva? And they fired me and I was like, that's fine, see you later. And, mm -hmm. um, and so for the next decade, I only did film 
um, from like 19 to 29. And if I did TV, it was like, you know, reoccurring guest spots and like that. But uh, deception happened right before Devon and I got engaged. And me and him were talking a lot about my career. And I was like, I really want to like, I really want people to see me different. And I just like cut off all my hair the year before. And I was really just trying to get rid of like the stripper-esque way of people seeing me and get into like more mature roles. And um, he was like, you got to do TV. And I was like, but I don't want to, I'm a gypsy. Like, I don't want to be committed like that. Like I want to work for like two to five months and be like off for six months. And he was like, no, you need to do TV because you need people to be able to grow with you. You need to show yourself as a different character, something that people haven't seen from you yet. And so that's what Deception was born out of because I, I had all these stipulations. I was like, well, it's got to be this. It's got to be that. The character's got to be like this. It's got to be some, like I had all this stuff and then Deception like lands in my hands. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's about, that's about everything I asked for. <laughs> yes, you uh, like, that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, it was great. Thank you. you. awesome in it. You know what? You said something that uh, when you were bringing up like the choice to do the 21 questions video, why do you think you were able to, you were one of the few that I feel like seamlessly went from child actor to adult actor without a bunch of trauma, without a bunch of like craziness around you. Why do you think that, I mean, from my, from, from the outside looking in, why do you think um, your move was so much more seamless than a lot a of question. your other peers? Because there's a lot, like, I'd be like, I don't know, especially if we look at, if we don't just look at black actors, if we look mm -hmm. at, we add in white actors, it just goes from sugar to shit real fast. <laughs> Once they try to get, it doesn't, I was like, is it, what is happening? Why does this happen to them? They'll be doing great on some uh, Disney show. Right. Or show or doing movies and then once they are like trying to break that cookie cutter all mm -hmm. American thing to be seen with edges it just goes right over the hill real fast um I mean I I'm not sure what it, I have theories on what it could be for some other people but I, I honestly don't know exactly their situations for me it was God you know really being grounded in God and really it's not that I haven't done crazy things I've done a lot. I'm so glad the camera phones did not exist when I was 21. Uh -huh. uh, however, um, I always had that grounding of like, but I want to please God and I want to do the right things and I want to make decisions that like honor like who I want to be. And like, I always came back to that, like being the center. So even if I did racy things or crazy things in my personal life at the core, you know, I could be high and I'm talking to someone about God and telling them how much God loves them. You know, and so um, I feel like for me, that was the thing that just without that, I definitely would have been as crazy as some others because I'm very impulsive person, fly by the seat of my pants, love to just be present in life. And that can breed like certain behaviors. And, and I think that God really, really, really legitly like carried me through to the other side and continues to carry me. Mm, That's good. That's good. <laughs> so now, okay, so can, I, I know you all have told y'all story so many times uh, because everybody was like, oh my God, Megan's getting married. How did he say But is there, like, for, for women who are still, like, 
believing that they are going to find that mate that they can. <laughs> Breeches like me, me and Whitney <laughs> over here, we're waiting for us that are waiting for that mate that they can build a life with. Like, because you and Devon met at what what age? I met him on a general meeting when I was twenty four, and then I oh, y'all met. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it wasn't anything like that. It was like, that's the guy that works at the studio that gives you a job. I'm the actress. Thanks for meeting me about this project. Love that, like, you're a Christian and you love the Lord. See you um, around. And that right. was the dynamic for the past, for the next six years. It was like, oh, see him at a church function. See him at an industry event. Um, he's cute, but, like, that's the guy who gives you the job. And, and I was dating guys that, that seemed more edgy to me at the time, and it just wasn't even a thought. And then it wasn't until jumping the broom um, mm-hmm. which is like so crazy how all, all of it happened because they had gone out to Paula Patton for the lead and she had passed. And so they brought me in and auditioned me for the lead. And then uh, everything was just like looking very good. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, Paula actually accepted. So we want to offer you the best friend role. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to play the best friend role. And I was like, well, let me pray about it. you know. And I prayed about it and God was like, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And I was like, I will happily, gracefully, thankfully accept the best friend role. Thank you very much. And so, I mean, God spoke to you like that and said, who do, oh, yeah. who do you think said, you are? I would be like, well, I mean, dang, God. Yeah. Like, he was like, you better check yourself or you wreck yourself because that's how you play yourself. And so, All right. I didn't even know what, I had no idea that that's, like a part of it was, uh, you know, being humble and putting in perspective that God is the one who allows all this. It's not, I'm so pretty and I'm so talented. There's a lot of beautiful, talented people. God has al- allowed this. So uh-huh. the having that mentality and then also I had no idea that he was putting me on the path to reconnect me and Devon. And okay. so like, I remember being out there filming and seeing him around set and talking to him and be like, he is actually a really cool dude. Like he's got a great personality. And I remember like, after hanging out with him a few times, I was like, that's the kind of guy I wish I could marry. Like that's like, that's the type, you know? And because of all my damage from like past relationships, I actually felt like he was out of my league. Like I felt like he was too good for me. And so it wasn't like even like a a realistic thing to me, you know, it was just like just the thought. And then um, when I left Nova Scotia, um, I was in the tail end of a relationship that I was in for like four years. And you know what, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the person. It's just, we were not good for each other. And, and I really had hit a really rock bottom moment. And I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to be doing? Cause I'm not doing it right. Clearly. Like I'm right, very, very broken and I, I need some help, you know? And so what am I supposed um, to do God, what was yes. it? She's writing huh? down your notes. She's writing your writing notes. down. Oh. <laughs> What what am I supposed to do, God? What am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do? So that was it. Then God told me three things. Get out of the relationship you're in. Okay. Which was hard because I still love the person. I still very much wanted to be with them. But, you know, I was talking about uh, this with Aventar Aventar earlier. There is no but. After God said, there's nothing else that happens. That's what God said. So Mm -hmm. got out of that relationship. The second thing God said was to become celibate. I was like, Lord, Lord, I know you understand this one area. Come on, Lord. Come, you listen. All the Christians in the church, we know you understand this one area. 
And God was like, you need to be celibate. I'm like, but that is the hardest thing. And, and in my spirit, I just felt like, yeah, that's why, because it's the hardest thing. It's the thing you have to do. Well, technically I'm celibate right now. Cause we're in quarantine. <laughs> She's like, you get it, God? Technically, if I had a choice, I wouldn't be. But since I don't have a choice, look at me. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. You get the benefit, though, regardless, because it's just it's it it allows you time to deal with you. And mm -hmm. it allows you the clarity to not deal with, excuse my language, some bullshit. Amen. So um, you value and yourself then, more. Mm -hmm. Huh? You value yourself you do. more because, you, do. you know, when you're in those situations, you get, excuse me, French, I feel like I have to say, excuse me, you get digmatized. Yes. Yeah. And you then know? you settle for stuff that you don't want to settle for for the rest of your life. You make excuses for things that he does that you don't like, that you don't want to deal with. And you do that for about three, four, five, six years until you get undigmatized and you realize I don't even actually like you. Oh my God. Like I love the sex. I love you in the situation, but I don't like you as a human being. And I don't want to spend the rest of my life with you. And that's a hard realization that when we are having sex, it's very, very hard, hard to, to hear that. discover that. Oh when yeah. You're not having sex. Well, you ain't got nothing else but to decide. Do I actually like you? It's a lot clearer. So that, that was for me, you know, the game changer. And then the third thing was that Devon's my husband. And, um, I was like, well, what do I do? Lord, told I, tell you, him? I told you that was because I feel yes. like I feel like God tells me every guy I date is my husband. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, I think maybe and, and my then, voice is louder and, than God. And then on that note, though, that could be my husband. <laughs> no, listen, you will know. You'll you'll know. Um, I'll know. Okay. Yo, you're for you sure. that ladies will know. Well, we know, we know. You know, you know. That it was, that your spouse was Devon. Yes. And, and so. How, how did that make you feel to like have a name on it? Um, I was shocked because um, he seemed so nice. I was like, oh, I don't, that don't make sense to me because I'm going to run all over him. And, you know, and I just, and, and he was different than what I had dated before, but I definitely was like, but he is really cute. But I was like, okay, well, I heard. So God you do want it. the best. He wants you to be attracted to this person. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Amen. Let me write yes. that down. As a note, cause I want to know that that's what the Lord want from me. Listen, he wants us to all be these happy. old ugly men keep coming and I don't want them. No, you don't have to settle. Uh-uh. You have to be open. Thank you don't have to settle. Um, but yeah, okay. I, I basically didn't say like I didn't do nothing for I didn't say anything to anyone for like five months. And and what God when I asked God what to do about it, he said nothing. Just work on yourself. So I worked on myself for five months. And what that mean? What that mean? Working at trying to get good at being celibate. I was not perfect at first. Uh -huh. um, and working on just like my damage and seeing where I really had a lot of like scars and stuff like baggage I needed to unpack. And then um, about five months into it, I started telling friends and family for the next four months that I was like, so God told me who my husband is. They were like, who? I'm like this guy named Devon Franklin. They're like, does he know? And I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, well, how do you know? I was like, cause God told me. And they're like, okay, Megan. Uh -huh. Okay. I'm like, that's what God told me. 
And then uh, four months later, we went on to our first four months later. We went, we ran into each other. This time? Like, did we he reach out to you? Mm-mm. And that whole nine months, I talked to him twice for him to say, could I go represent Jumping the Broom at like an award show in Vegas as a cast member. And another time when he asked me and Laz Alonzo to come up to his church in Riverside because his first book, Produced by Faith, was coming out and he wanted to interview both of us to talk about our, um, basically our testimony in Hollywood. And he just wanted to interview us like TV show style. That was Mm -hmm. it. That was the only two times I talked to him. And then when I saw him at the premiere, we um, were like, oh, she, you want to like go coffee, tea or something? He's like, yeah. And then he went on his book tour, came back two weeks later. We went out for, he had tea, I had wine. And Ooh. 10 months later, we were engaged. And two months later, we were married. And now it's been eight years. So, so baby, was it like, was it like crazy to see it unfold? Like, because you already knew what was going to happen. Yes, crazy to live in it to be like, oh shoot, this yeah. is actually coming to fruition. Yeah, because even though I knew for a fact it was going to happen, I I think we're we are so much more comfortable than for believing for something and asking God for something and believing it's going to happen than for it to actually happen. We spend Ooh, lifetimes like good. Lord, that's the good nugget, Megan. Come yeah. on, Megan. Come on, <laughs> rock that gym. Come on, Jim. <laughs> but it's true. Like, you know, like whatever it is in life, like it's, it's, if it's a big movie you want, you're praying, you're praying, you're praying for that opportunity. You're praying for like five years. And then when it happens, you're like, oh my God, it really happened. Wait, what's happening? You're what? like shocked. You're like, oh my God, am I yeah. doing a good job? Am I good enough for this? Is there someone better for the world? I mean, you just like, you all these things you go through, even though you knew it was going to happen because God told you it was going to happen. And it's the same thing, you know, it's like just a process, you know? I think yeah, and sometimes that- you forget to ask. Like you, for- like sometimes I ask for things, and I'll just go, I forget, or I just stop believing in it myself. Yeah, you know, I ask for it, and then I'm like, oh, it's not coming to pass. Okay, well, I'll let that go. Yeah, but God don't forget. No, He doesn't. So no, when He doesn't tell Devon. Yeah, um, if I would have known, if God told me that Devon, if that was my husband. I would have called him or found his num his number on a call sheet, and I would have just called him. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I was not ready. Well, I was like, "Oh, I'm about to get married." I mean, I was I was like, "Oh, Lord!" I was like, "It's so soon. I'm only about to be 30. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I was terrified. Honestly, once I knew I was getting married, I was like, well, I, I I almost a part of me. Of course, at first, wanted to reach out to, reach out to him. And the other part of me was like, Lord, take your time. At least I know he's there. I know that's the one I'm going to marry. It ain't got to happen soon. At least I know. That's good enough for me, you know? Um, but yeah, I never said anything to Devon ever until after we had already been dating for months. For months? Mm-hmm. Oh, my little eager ass. What was his reaction? <laughs> huh? What was his reaction? He was like, really? And I was like, yeah. You probably confirmed it. And I even asked him, I was like, when did you know? Like, when did God, like, like resonate in your spirit? He was like, it wasn't until the third date. I was like, the third date? He was like, you should have been thinking that a long time ago, sir. I know. I was like, that's fine. That's all right, though. Because, you know, look, look, the Lord gave me the word. I appreciate that. So, you know, but... um. It was interesting, though, because I think I was 
what, what he was thinking, which was like, I don't date actresses. You know, uh, at the time I was a cigarette smoker. Um, he doesn't drink at all. Like you would think on the outside looking in, we seem so completely different, but then on the inside at the core, we're exactly the same, you know, just the way that we see the world and the way that we love God and what we want and what we want to put into the world together. Um, we're just so connected in that way, but it was just interesting because I think even he was shocked. I think that's why it took him a second because he definitely wasn't looking for a wife and wasn't thinking about getting in a serious relationship and wasn't asking God about a wife and, and then it just, you know, it happened. And I was like, but I knew. You're like, I knew that. I knew. I business. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's amazing because me being a woman of, you know, just, you know, just being in this profession, me being successful, you know, I just feel like I have habits and I don't want to change anything right. because I'm perfect. <laughs> and so uh, I'm perfect. And so I just... <laughs> I look up and I go, really, God, am I going to have to change a whole bunch about myself in order? Like, am I going to have to conform in order to get married? Am I going to have to, mm -hmm. is a little part of me going to have to die in order for me to. I, I was something afraid of that too. Someone? You know, I because. Was... No, go ahead. No, no, no. I just, I just wonder about myself because I'm so comfortable because now I'm at a certain age where, I mean, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's like, this is what it is. Come, have a seat. Right. You're not an old dog. I would say you're not dog. a dog dog. You acting like you over here about to get put down in the pasture. Um, but I would love for you to speak to that because somebody uh, just put it in the, excuse me, in the comments. They were like, do you feel pressure being a minister's wife? Like, mm. With the things like Risha saying, she felt like she had to conform. Like mm -hmm. you really have to conform when she gets married. Did you feel like there were parts of you you had to conform to because he had his own image of being, you know, you know, uh, this minister that you know operates by the mm -hmm. calendar. You mm -hmm. know, very straightforward. Did you feel as though you had to conform to that, or like show a different side of yourself? Um, there's a lot of parts to that question. I'm always willing to compromise if uh -huh. I feel that that is what God is leading me to do. Um, I'm not willing to conform to anything ever. Mm -hmm. Um, unless God is literally like, this is what I would have you to do. That's the only way it would happen. Uh -huh. Um, so the wonderful thing about Devon is that he didn't desire me to conform and he barely desired me to compromise. He was like, I could have married the church girl. Totally, 100%. I don't want that. You challenge me. You encourage me. You make me think about different things. You approach things a different way. That is part of what he was attracted to. That's so I, he yeah. never asked me to change. Uh -huh. And so the people who asked me to change was certain Christians who didn't realize I've been a Christian. I got saved when I was 12. I got baptized when I was 19 on my own. I didn't grow up in a religious household. That was actually my choice. After studying um, being um, a Jehovah Witness, after studying being Muslim, I came to Christianity solely by my own mind and God bringing me there. And so um, when me and Devon got together, <laughs> me and Devon got together, 
I think a lot of people thought I had just become Christian. Um, and then I also think sometimes people don't realize that like his day job is not a pastor. His day job is a film producer. He produces movies. That's what his job, that's how we pay our bills. And so sometimes people uh, choose to only look at one part. And then I think a lot of people wanted me to conform. And I can't deny that like, I like in the beginning, I was so shocked by some of the commentary and the approach that I got from some Christians that not, well, first of all, it was devastating and heartbreaking and, and really made me kind of bitter for a while and, and really hurt my feelings. But um, it also made me feel like, oh, Lord, well, am I doing something wrong? Like, Lord, give me, like, give me a word. Give me clarity. And while I was working through that wor word, I did, like, tread a little carefully. It didn't stop what I wore or how I presented myself or what I said or what I did, but I was just afraid in it. Like, I was like, I'm going out to the firing squad every time I'm me. And um, it wasn't until I got that confirmation that God is like, you are exactly who I want you to be. I allowed you to grow up doing off-Broadway shows with drag queens when you were 10 years old. I showed you the world that I want you to, to see the way I want you to see it. You're exactly who you're, you are supposed to be. And it's not about you being religious or fitting into someone else's box that they put themselves in that God didn't even require of them in the first place. It's about knowing who I am as God, God aka God saying I am. Understanding who God is, like truly, truly knowing him and hearing him for yourself to the point of where if someone comes up to me with a prophetic word, I can discern if it's a prophetic, prophetic word from God or not. I can literally be like, that's not from God and not feel mm -hmm. a way about it because that's how well I know God. And so just growing in the ownership of who I am and, and who he's allowed to, me to be. And I'm always growing in every season, but not conforming to what people think I should do or think people think I should be. Um, it's been a blessing. It's, it's brought me closer to God. It's even strengthened our relationship in, in ways that I didn't even know were possible. Um, and I think the part that I'm still working on is there is still a little bit of like pain and bitterness associated with that. And it's not a generalization of Christians. It's, it's, it's some Christians. Yeah. Um, and I think that'll be a process because that, that was a pretty, pretty deep wound that I think will take a long time to heal fully. I can believe it. I, I can believe that they cut deep. And let me let me say why, because I feel like there has been this um, lie that has been kind of taught in the church of, you know, you have to be this certain way to get this certain person or you have to be or you have to be this certain way in order to be able to profess that you are a Christian. And so to see you and Devon together, I think people, instead of being able to point to, oh, I've been lied to, they'd rather tear you down as if yeah. you didn't do anything to them. Like, no, 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 you were lied to. You thought that you you over here doing communion every uh, Sunday was going to be the thing that was going to make mm. your husband appear before you. And the fact of the matter was that Devon was no one's husband but yours. Like, it didn't yeah. matter. You know, it didn't matter what form God had you in, you were going to be his wife and, and he was going to be your husband. Right. I think a lot of people lied to themselves and were thinking, uh-uh, no, because he's a, he be writing about the Lord. Megan is writing about the Lord. Yeah, and they, they seven day, you know, he he pray all day on Fridays. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Saturday. Mm -hmm. And that'll, and I'm telling you, that'll be the thing, like, they're growing up in a very religious 
Right. Spiritual. I know the lie that has been taught. I know they were trying to get me married off to somebody in a Pentecostal church, and I said, I don't want him. I right. don't want him. Don't send him my way. <laughs> um, but they were they were thinking I was gonna marry some little some little preacher. And that that is fine. For he, somebody. He's for somebody else. He's not for me. We have similar we have similar stories, Megan, and how we found how our spouses came about. Like most of my Patreon people know, God told me at 12 my husband's name. So then when we wow. started dating when I was 24, I was like, oh, well, there you are. Okay. <laughs> this is great. I don't have to date anybody uh, in my head. That's well, I hate God talking to me. I hate. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? What he look like? What, what, is, what his name? What's his name, Jesus? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I'm so sorry you went through that because that's got to be something to be so excited about a love that the Lord told you was supposed to have. Yeah. Like, no, you can't. That's not how. You shouldn't be that way. People mm-hmm. be better. And it's so inspiring for me as a single Christian black woman to see you, Megan, living in your truth, not compromising your career or yourself, you know, and just living free. You know, I always feel like if you have if you show too much of your faith, something Mm -hmm. like something in your career or something has to like people judge you in a certain way, like, oh, we don't want to do that because that's too churchy and we're not that and we don't they, identify with that. They kind of do a little bit, but but it actually it actually turns out to be the blessing. Mm-hmm. Because the guy that's going to try to take advantage of you, the person who's going to ask you to compromise, the person who's going to try to convince you to do something you don't want to do, you now have told them without telling them that I'm not the one for that. So they're yeah. now not going to come to you with that job, which may be disappointing, but in the long run, thank God you weren't on that job. And then right. the other jobs that people had a preconceived notion of you. And then they're like, oh, no. Oh, she's a Christian. Let's go offer her this that we may not have thought to offer her before because we didn't see what we now see. So yeah. the more that you the more that you own, as you already own, but even publicly as a you feel spirit led, the more that that one thing will get rid of the bullshit and it will bring in the blessing. Yes. And it will help differentiate what's supposed to be what. That's my friend. That's friend right there. He just dropped gems. Boom, boom, boom. Like just, you. you know, I mean, make it. Like, you just blessed us. I hope you know that. You blessed us Thank like you. no other. You blessed my friend, Brisha. You hear what she said? She said, be open, Brisha. I don't that? know how much open God <laughs> want me to be, okay? I'm going I'm going through the files like this now. I'm open. I got the file book. But you see, Megan got her nice little churchy man, and he accepted. Um, and if God give me a churchy man, that churchy man going, whoo, he, he, he churchy, up. but he crazy. Look, y'all, right. I, thought, I was and, like, and you run. guys are so like, there. You guys remember when we went? I call her my Tomb Raider friend because she took me out. Uh, we worked out together. She took me to this class. What is that? The Stairmaster class. Uh, the Rise Nation. Rise Nation. Yes, we went to Rise Nation. Girl, I had on a wig. I didn't. I'm thinking I want to be cute when I go work out with Megan Good because, and I say Megan Good's whole name because she's Megan Good. There's right. Good in Megan, and I call her by her whole name. So, <laughs> so Megan invited me to go work out with her, 
And so I was like, I got to be cute. I got to wear my real nice workout clothes. I, and I can't wear just a scarf like how I go. Because when I go to the gym, I'm busted looking. I got a rag on. I look like I'm about to die, which happens when I work out. But I was like, I'm going to this cute class in West Hollywood. I want to wear this wig with a hat. You know, and I'll be cute working out. You know what I'm saying? I get there. I had no idea we were going to be strapped into this machine going up and down like this. So even if my wig was falling off, I couldn't take it off. Yeah. I couldn't scoot it back up. So, you know, they get, I was late. So I didn't know what to expect. So Megan's already gorgeous with her short hair and hat on, just looking like Tomb Raider. And I come on and I'm just and they're like, oh, we got to strap you in. I was like, strap me in. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, and the music starts going and the lights go down and, you know, and they playing Missy Elliott. Get, you know, and it's like, go, go, go. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then my wig starts falling off. And, I, you know, when the hat get right here and the wig is in the middle of your head, like oh. right here. Oh, and it was like, man, it's about to go. This is going to be <laughs> Disrespectful embarrassment ever. I'm going to be on here with all these white people in this Rise Nation class with my wig on the floor. And somehow I got somebody's attention and I was able to unstrap myself and just pull it forward just one more time. And thank God I did. Thank God I did. But Well, we just want to say thank you. I know you got to go. Yeah. You got to go. Yeah. We're going to tell everybody about your hair wrap. Thank you. Yes, please. For coming, we want y'all to check out Good Girl Hair Wrap by Megan Good. We talked to you before. Check it out. Support Megan. Megan, thank you, thank you. so much. Thank you so much, so Megan. This is great. You dropped so many nuggets. We love you. Thank you. I love y'all too. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me. And also, y'all just made my heart smile. Like I feel like I was like stressed out this morning, and I got on with y'all. And I'm like. Yes, Lord. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Thanks for fitting us in. No. We've been trying to make it happen, though. So. We have. Yeah. Thank you so much for fitting us in. I know you're so busy. Oh, oh. There she um, go. Uh, oh. Okay, keep going. All right, love. Go ahead. Love y'all. Got what? Bye. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I was looking at the clock. I was like, I think she's got to go. I think she's got to go. <laughs> wow. So, you guys. Show them the hair wrap really quickly. Uh, we're going to let y'all go because I know y'all trying to get to to uh, another event. You know, everybody's booked on this uh, Wednesday. Everybody. everybody. I'm so happy I got here. We all got here. Um, so wrap that is perfect for if you have long braids or locks, bow locks, um, synthetics, whatever. It's called Good Girl Hair Wrap. Put it in the bag. And then you, I call it like a hair condom. That's what we call it, hair condom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hair condom. That's what you Laugh call it. Loud, loud, laughs loud often. I will be putting it in the description of this video when this video goes live. And I'll also try to remember to put it up on Patreon. Um, oh, Charmaine already has one. Oh, great. Because I know that they, when we talked about it last time, they were sold out. This has made my, me having long braids so much easier to go to bed. My neck isn't hot, and I can just be done with it. Look at that. Boom. So check it out. Check out Good Girl Hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can work out in it, too. Yes, you can work out in that. 
you guys. We appreciate you all for tuning in. We have one more guest. One more. One more. And let me tell you, we are not going to disappoint. I don't know how we're going to go bigger than this. I don't know how we're going to top this. And I don't know how we're going to top next week. I don't know how we're going to top Tiffany. Like, it just keeps getting better. I thank you guys for going on the ride with us. Yes, we hope you all have been enjoying it, that you've been loving it, because we've been loving it. We've been loving y'all's comments. You've been feeding us so much joy in these comments. But uh, you're going to make you're going to want to make sure you tune in. The next episode, which I, we were going to do tomorrow, but Brisha wants to push it to next week. You think that's going to work best? I think that's going to work best because we'll be situated. Okay. okay. I won't say anything more. And if you want to know what I was using on my face, I just remembered her name is Tracy Hudson. She's black owned. She does amazing products. Uh, she brings out your melanin and it's great. I love how she be having my face. So look her up, you guys. Okay. Well, you all, we're going to go because I'm going to go watch this guy bag on Versus. I have to for here's the thing. We don't even have to lay down our edges because Megan laid all of them down. She made me want to just get on my knees and repeat these words. Lord, what, what do you want me to do for my husband? I wrote it down what she was saying. I took notes like this was a sermon. That celibacy thing is real, though. I feel like I'm celibate right now. Yeah, yeah you've been you've been celibate. You've had celibate periods. That is yeah, I was celibate for a minute last year. Mm-hmm. But I and I didn't meet them. And listening to their story before, they were celibate when they were together. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I heard that part. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think uh I think once the Lord knows you're willing to do that, he might pop him up. Be like, if you're willing to be celibate for your dude until y'all get married. Well, then we must be getting married in five months. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'll be celibate. Lord, you heard it live. You heard it live. I will be celibate for you, for my well-being. For your well-being. Okay. I will keep it locked till I get that rock. Come on. Come on, Yvonne. Orgy quote. All right, guys, we will see you all next week. You all be blessed. And again, a very special thank you to our guest, Miss Megan Good. Ain't she good? She's so good. She's so good. All right, guys. <laughs> Bye.